The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The SB Nation NFL Show. Super Bowl Roundtable. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show. My name is Kyle Posey. I am your host today. I am joined by Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride and Evan Winter from Bucks Nation. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be back on. Yeah, I'm well. I'm excited. I I think I'm speaking for both of us when I say we're ready to get through this final media day and get to the game weekend and and see how this thing goes down. Yeah. So with every day we get new information and there were some new pressers today. Pete, did we learn anything new from the chief side of things? Well, everything is going the same injury wise. We're still watching Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins to see what their availability is going to be for the Super Bowl. There was some talk from Tyreek Hill, and I thought this was really interesting. And he was saying that Patrick Mahomes is throwing a little bit more accurately than he has seen in a long time. The way that he put it is Mahomes was throwing dots all over the field, and it's made him even more excited for the game. I don't know if this is just gamesmanship, but he he felt very excited to to get to game day because I, I guess Mahomes is really playing at a high level. So, you know, if you buy into that, that might spell some doom for the Tampa Bay side. So it sounds like we learned the best quarterback in the NFL is going to get better, and the best receiver <laughs> in the NFL is excited to play with him. Great news. On the Tampa Bay side of things, Evan, what do we have? Anything new? Uh, I really think B.A.'s quote about how rushing five or more essentially blitzing on defense gets you into man coverage. And he said, quote, that's not what you want to do against these guys. Kind of a lot of speculation going into this game is what is Tampa Bay going to do on the defensive side of ball, the ball? They've had a lot more success over these last two games uh, playing man coverage, getting physical with receivers and blitzing the quarterback. But obviously that's a completely different situation, especially when we saw Carlton get Davis get beat multiple multiple times one-on-one in the first meeting. So that kind of reaffirms that what a lot of people are thinking that the Bucks are going to take a zone-heavy approach this weekend. If you do that, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but if you play zone against Patrick Mahomes, you're just rolling out a red carpet for him to roll into the end zone. That's just not a smart thing to do because we've seen it. Even the Bills did it, and the Bills are a very, very good zone defensive team, and they just didn't have a chance. So, uh, Pete, what do you think about that? What do you think about a, a zone-heavy approach 
to the Chiefs' you know, offense? There, there's no correct answer. That's the right. problem when you're facing the Chiefs' offense because I could see why they're thinking that they had Carlton Davis against Tyree Kill in a man situation in that first game, and Tyree Kill went completely nuts and they had to adjust as the game went on. So man is bad against the chiefs. You switch the zone. Some people will try to blitz Patrick Mahomes. And that is the absolute worst thing that you could do because he seems to be able to have a quick read and, and get the ball into the hands of a guy like Kelsey or Hill. And, and again, we'll see on Watkins. And so, yeah, I, I know what you I know what you mean. You would say, okay, that's going to give me pause now that the Bucks are going to decide to play zone. But what are the other options? You know, there there's no real answer. I think for defending the Chiefs' offense, other than when your offense is on the field, you got to score every single time, and it's not field goals, it's touchdowns. So, uh, Sports Info Solutions: When um, Patrick Mahomes is up against cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six, combo coverages, and Tampa two, he is. 231 for 353, uh, 2,824 yards, 17 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Um, that completion percentage comes out to, let's see, well, I've got to scroll through a lot, but either way, it's a decent completion uh, percentage. And I think one reason why they are, are more okay with playing zone in this game is, A, the return of Vita Vea is going to allow them to deploy a lot more effective four-man rushes. Because if you go back and watch Week 12, and Dominicus Sue had a lot of success on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah. And I feel like Vita Vea is going to heighten that success and creates a lot of more one-on-ones, a lot of simulated pressure, I would think, the, the Bucks would would bring if they go this route. However, the Chiefs were one of four in the red zone against Tampa Bay in Week 12. And a lot of that is because Tampa Bay's defensive line was able to get to Mahomes. You think about the sack, uh, Shaq Barrett had the forced fumble. But I'm thinking Andy Reid's going to find some way to counter that. One reason why the defensive line had success is because they didn't leave any tight ends or backs to block in those situations. Obviously, there will be an adjustment. But those are the two reasons why I think they would take a, a zone-heavy approach, even though – you're right. You're, there's really no true answer to stopping Patrick Mahomes. If you can get consistent pressure without blitzing and, and get it with four, right? that is a recipe that gives the Chiefs a little, little bit of trouble. And if you're a Bucks fan that wants to go back and, and watch where it gave him trouble, you can even go back to week two. That's what the Chargers did and really caught the Chiefs off guard because Herbert played, and that was that surprise Herbert start before he was even named the starter. That's when they punctured their own quarterbacks along, as wild as that was. And that game actually ended up going to overtime. And that's against the Chargers team that, you know, didn't really play that well the rest of the year. So that is a recipe. If you can get the pressure with four, you know, blitzing is not really an option uh, against Mahomes. And then you're picking your poison again, whether you go man or zone. Even going back to last year's Super Bowl, early on in the game, you know, the Chiefs kind of not so much struggled, but they weren't as efficient as we're used to them, used to seeing them. And that's because the 49ers were able to bring four and the Bucks. in this case, they have speed on the back end, so they could disrupt. But just going back to what we talked about, it's roulette when you're talking about stopping the Chiefs. You can try something. It might work here and there, but eventually Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes and he's going to score. So... You talk about Vita Vea, which is, I mean, obviously he's been great. And pairing him with Sue is going to be tough for the Kansas City. But I want to ask you guys, who's the most under the radar radar player on each side? So, Pete, let's start with you. Offensively, Clyde Edwards-Alaire stands out. Uh, the Chiefs drafted him to really be a player in the passing game. And my guys at Arrowhead Pride will tell you that he was never really utilized there. 
And so even though he is technically the starting running back and he has been all year and he had 1,100 yards from scrimmage, I, I don't think they've maximized him yet. And then for me on the defensive side, it's Legarius Sneed, who just isn't really a well-known name quite yet, locks down the slot. And more recently, they've been blitzing him very occasionally in games. And he just is so fast. He's, a, he's got 4-3 speed, small squad, Louisiana Techs, and, and fourth rounder. So not a lot of people know about him, a rookie. And he gets quarterback fast. And I, I think, obviously, that's going to be a key for the Chiefs is making sure that you get pressure on Tom Brady and ideally when you have opportunities where he can't see it coming, especially from a defensive back, I think they'll try to do that. I think Snead is going to have a big game and I'm glad you brought him up because I've been watching him for a while. Dating back to 2018, he shut down Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase from LSU and he's been making plays and plays and I hope his role continues to expand. So Snead is a great name. Yeah, really quickly on Snead, it's funny. I, on local radio here in Kansas city, I said something to the extent of him. And this was a bold prediction. I'll I'll say that I was like, okay, I think I could see Snead going for the trifecta interception sack forced fumble. And then he had a quote this week, not even from my question. That was just basically like, I'm looking to have an interception and a strip sack fumble. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the universe working on the chief side. I love it because the Bucs, they're going to have some success and there's no doubt about that. They're going to move the ball. But if there is a guy that you want matched up against somebody like Chris Godwin or Mike Evans in the slot, it's a bigger guy who can run like LeJarius Sneed. So, Evan, how about you? What do you think is going to be flying under the radar heading into this game? I mean, I think just based off what he's done the last two games, Tyler Johnson has found a way to make some really cut clutch plays in these last two playoff games. I want to go with Cameron Brait because he's been a more consistent factor, but I feel like a lot more people know about Cameron Brait, obviously, than they do about Tyler Johnson. So it will not surprise me if we see him come up with a big, a uh, couple big catches, especially on third down. On defense, it's tough to pick a guy, but I'm going to go with Will Golston just because there are a lot of well-known names on that Tampa Bay defense. But Will Golston, at one point, I'm pretty sure he finished out the season in ESPN's um, top 10 pass rush win rate. Uh, I know he was in there for the majority of the season. I'm pretty sure he finished there. But he's a really effective not only run player, but also he's a very effective pass rusher, especially when you have Vita Vea back in the lineup. And honestly, it won't surprise me to see him break through that interior offensive line a couple times and, and get to Mahomes and even get a sack. Vea is such a game changer. I mean, he, he wasn't really there. Is, he wasn't there week 12 and Snead wasn't there week 12. So you're injecting two defensive players into this game. And I think Vea helps that whole front cook. I mean, you're talking about rushing with four. Now that Vea is in there, I mean, there's going to be guys that are going to get some shots on Mahomes. Now you look at Matt Milano last week, that was a perfect example where Mahomes can really work the pocket. Like Brady gets all his credit and deservedly so of being able to work the pocket and avoid sacks. Mahomes has that too. And especially now that his foot and toe reportedly are close to hundred percent, I think, Chief stands are feeling better, but the Bucks can get pressure with four. And, and I think Vea is a big reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. He allows them to stay away from the static fronts, you know, um, now granted they are still going to have three down linemen, a couple down linemen, all that other stuff. But generally when he's on the field, they can do that simulated pressure and all that. And that's really right. going to help out this week. What we've seen is when Vea is on the field, especially in the playoffs, they stood up, Todd Bowles stood up Sue and kind of walked him around and gave him a running start. Like they're not able to do that without Vea on the field. And I thought that Tampa Bay was one of the better defenses in the NFL the first month and a half or so when Vea was was healthy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that because as Pete just mentioned, 
Mahomes has been running for his life pretty much all season. And that hasn't really been talked about because of the success that they've had, but they've been facing a lot. They have a lot of backups in the, in the game right now. So how, what is their offensive line situation looking like headed into this one, Pete? And you're dealing with a lot of backups. If you look at the rotation, the, amount of players along the offensive line that are in the position that they were in week one is one. And it's just a center in Austin Ryder. Every other player will not have been there week one from left to right. And you have Remmers is the expected Remmers, Allegretti, Ryder. Your right guard is expected to be Wisniewski. And then your right tackle is expected to be Andrew Wiley, who's only played one game at right tackle and against New Orleans Saints. A similar team in a sense, as far as the front goes to, to the Bucks, And he struggled a little bit on the outside in that game. And so there are some concerns there. I think this, the chiefs, what they'll try to do to adjust it and just get to the off season. Cause you know, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, get to the locker room. They just need to get to the off season to figure out the offensive line and get through this game. And I think one of the things they're going to do is speed up Mahomes a little bit. Uh, I had mentioned this earlier in the week, but Brady is sixth in time to throw and Mahomes was 27th this year. I think he'll be a lot closer to the sixth on Sunday. And I also think, they're going to have some manufactured touches and some of the stuff you always see from the Chiefs, but it's maybe more often with McCole Hardman and around Tyreek Hill, Tyba and around, um, get the defense kind of off, off balance a little bit. And again, just get the ball into the hands of some of these receivers quickly if they can get a little bit of space. This is the ridiculousness, Evan, that we've come to know from the Chiefs fans. They as Pete just said, get to the offseason. Let's just win the Super Bowl real quick, you know, and get to the offseason. That's, that's what he just told us. So uh, They had two opt-outs along the offensive line, a really exciting rookie in Lucas Niang, and yeah. then, you know, this guy who's really doing some great work in Canada. He's got this doctor degree, uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who has been a starter for them at right guard, you know, leading up to this season. And man, they could use these two guys. And so, yeah, that there, there is a little bit of that, like just quick, win, win your second championship in a <laughs> row and get to the offseason. So as you guys know, the ridiculousness during media week is out of control. I don't know if you two have looked at any props, but I just wanted to read you these two. So you can bet on the design of Andy Reid's mask for this game. That is one prop that I saw. You could also bet on which coach's nostrils will be featured on TV first. If you're wondering, Arians is the favorite, but just out of control stuff. We saw, Evan, your background from Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison. If you were to walk out, what would your walkout sound song be? Oh, my God. Um, holy crap. Stop. Put me on the oh, It's okay. Um, Man, uh, holy Pete, crap! Next, having... so start thinking. Uh, yeah, okay, I would I'm... say I would say "Explosive" by Dr. Dre. Honestly, oh, okay, yeah, that, man. Okay. that that would be a good one to come out to. You know, it's just like that that like smooth feel, but also you know you're there to mean business. So that's that's what I would go with. Love it, Pete. What do you got? I, I'm gonna pick my, the first song that I picked for my first ever radio show when I was a student, and that is "Show Me a Good Time" by Drake because wow. I like. I like the beginning of it. And then you could kind of crash down and, and have a, have a drop there where you come out of the curtain, like you're a WWE wrestler. And then I would flex, not that I have too big of muscles, but I'd, I would certainly flex anyway. I love it. No, we got a little bit of Drake 2010. And then we have Dre, um, Dre, not 2010. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we've talked about some bulletin board material with Tyree kill and with uh, Scotty Miller. Roger Goodell had a press conference on Thursday, and he said Tom Brady is probably the best player to play oh. this game. He is oh. just serving up 
on a platter, more bulletin board material. Do you think the Chiefs are going to use this in the same you know vein that they use the Tyreek Hill stuff? No, I'm a little tongue in cheek here. Tom Brady is the greatest player to ever play the game. As much as we like to talk about Patrick Mahomes is maybe having a chance at this. And I think that's realistic based upon what we've seen so far. And if he stays healthy, there's so many ifs with that. I mean, we watched how Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees got to Super Bowls and we thought they would be back so many more times. And even though Mahomes has, has repeated and gotten back this year, there's no telling that he wins it. He's got a lot more Super Bowls to win before he gets even in that conversation. And so, uh, no, I don't I don't think this one in particular provides bulletin board material. Now, if you want to talk about Scotty Miller and a, a halftime race, it seems like there might be something <laughs> there, but no, not this one. So is it too early to talk about 20 years from now? Will it be Brady or will it be Mahomes? Evan, what do you think about that? I want to get an outside perspective because Brady is obviously, you know, in his first year with Tampa Bay, but how, how do you feel about the whole Mahomes hyperbole that's going on? Completely legit. And I'm not one to buy into storylines, narratives, you know, that are just generated for talking points. It's absolutely legit. This guy, what he does with the football and just how he plays the game is second to none. And just the trajectory that he is currently on at this point in his career, yeah, he's going to, if everything continues on course, he is absolutely going to challenge Brady. And I'm not going to say it will be a disappointment if he doesn't, but it will certainly go against what I currently expect out of him too if he isn't able to compete here in about 10, 15 years. Real quick, would you be surprised if Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek ended up being the best trio of all time? No, not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised. And as far as Patrick Mahomes goes, I think there are three factors to this. Again, apologize. I'm getting my things mixed up. I'm not sure how many people have heard this already, but I I think there's three things that go into him being the greatest of all time. This is a bonus, but I think this Super Bowl, winning this Super Bowl will go a long way because now you're chasing four titles instead of six. But my three things after that are his health. Can't assume health. You never know what can happen. We thought that RG3 was the next big thing. He gets injured and it was never the same again. Not the same thing's going to happen. You got to be healthy. How long is Andy Reid going to go? Because I think that's going to maximize Patrick Mahomes for as long as possible. And like, say he goes for five or 10 years, you know, you lean on 10 because then the replacement won't matter as much because Mahomes will be so entrenched in what he likes to do. So how long will that period be? And then for me also is... Andy Reid is not going to coach Patrick Mahomes for the next 20 years. I tend to think he'll coach him for the next 10-ish, but it won't be for his full career. So who's that next coach? Can they pick up where Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid left off? And we'll see. I, you know, I think a lot of Chiefs fans hope that'll be the case, but there are so many variables that go into this. It's, it's not just talent alone. It is talent. It's who else he has around him. Can they keep Hill and Kelsey and everybody happy? Kelsey's 31. So maybe he'll go another three or four years at this production rate. Can they get another tight end? And, you know, there's a lot that go into it, but those are my three main factors. No, that's all fair. So we've talked about a lot today. We didn't even get a chance to get to haircut gate, but I want <laughs> to talk to you two real quick. What are you looking forward to, you know, outside of your, your team, obviously winning, but what are you looking forward to the most in this game? Pete, let's start with you. I'm eager to see how the, the switch flips for Brady and Mahomes going from lovey dovey. I love this guy. This guy does that laughing with the uh, NFL go-to host Kay Adams to ultimate competitor, because I just don't think there's anyone better competitiveness wise than Mahomes and and Brady and just wanting this one. And, you know, they can talk and, and like I said, it can be nice 
you know, all they want, but at some point the game's going to begin and there's going to be nobody in the building that wants this more than each of these two guys, because that is who they are. And, you know, you talk about like Kobe Bryant and what he has meant to the world of sports. They have some of that mama mentality, each of these guys. And the catch here is that one of them can't win. And so I'm here to just watch that matchup and see once one gets down, how are they going to stay in the game and who's going to survive and, and, and come out victorious. Yeah. What I think is just, probably the most respectable thing you could say about a player is like that he's that competitive what what you notice is when you watch the bucks whenever a receiver makes a mistake they instantly look back at tom brady hoping not to get yelled at i think that is hilarious i don't evan i don't know if you've noticed that or not but what are you looking forward to in this one uh jpp and mike rimmers honestly i know mike rimmers (laughs) is going to be on the left hand side jpp is going to be on you know on the other side a lot of times but i just found why would you want to piss off the chiefs offense you know especially with scotty miller saying what he said and then devin white even just kind of straight up saying oh we're going to put levante on travis kelsey you know we'll, we'll be fine that'll take care of him which i have my extreme doubts about that but like JPP's whole comment, he went against Mike Rimmers back in week 12. So he obviously knows who he is. I don't know why he said that. Um, and I think Rimmers is going to be looking forward to this opportunity to really showcase that he's not just a backup right tackle who moved over to left tackle for this game. He's a guy who can play the game and he's a serviceable player. And I'm really interested to see um, just the back and forth between those two. That's such a, a minor and, and bonus storyline, too, because Remmer's personal story dates back to Super Bowl 50, where he right. just was abused by Von Miller. And how many opportunities do you get to go back to a Super Bowl at the same position that he wasn't playing a week ago? You know, he's projected to be left tackle once again. And he has this ultimate chance at redemption. The idea that he has a chance to do that because he's a journeyman is just remarkable. And it's just one of the many storylines that go into this game. And I love the jarring back and forth with JPP. Cannot wait. It's going to be a great game. Thank you for taking a listen here. Evan Winter, Evan underscore Winter, Pete Sweeney, PG Sweeney, S-W-E-E-N on the Twitters. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear RJ Ochoa's chat with Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football on NFL Network as they're sure to discuss the Cowboys who did not make the playoffs again. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pleased to be joined now here on the SB Nation NFL show by the one, the only, the debonair, internationally famous, seen on every channel on your TV guide. If you're watching this on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, you can see him in all of his glory from Good Morning Football and Spoiler Alert from 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. It is 
Kyle Brandt. KB, what's going on? RJ, it's great to be here potting with the boys. And, um, you know, you do some of these, these radio appearances, podcast appearances, they're always fun. I really like them. But what I really enjoy is surprises and preparation. And I already sense both are coming from you off of that very stately bookshelf that's behind you. So I'm fired up to be here. Thanks. I uh, I work from home and have been since before the pandemic. So, you know, you got to have the right setup. You certainly have a, a lot going on. You you have everything that you have for Good Morning Football. And I always appreciate what you bring, the angry runs and the talisman, whatever you got. It's always great. Yeah. And uh, you're a friend of blogging the boys. And so it's been a long time coming that we would get together again for the audio audience only. Kyle is wearing the jersey. I'll just go ahead and say it, Kyle. The Super Bowl 56 MVP, Dak Prescott. Does that feel fair to you? <laughs> that's a good one. You got jokes too, RJ. Maybe you don't, though. Maybe that's real. I just know this, that like you said, it's been a long time coming since I've been on the show. I thought you were talking about the Cowboys being to a Super Bowl because, <laughs> shoot, it's not even it's not even the late 90s. It's the thick of the mid-90s, dude. It's time. Let's go. I know you um you once equated the Cowboys to a Long Island iced tea. Yep. It, it hurt, but it was super accurate. And so uh, I appreciated it. I love your podcast. Again, 10 questions with Kyle Thanks. Brandt, a very different podcast than anything you get. I love the game show aspect to it. We're going to kind of do that here. I don't have oh, the, cool. I, I don't have the sound effects or anything. So you're just going to kind of have to use your imagination. Uh, the premise for anyone that hasn't listened to Kyle's podcast again, fantastic. Just had Brett Favre on and I didn't even know it was pronounced Vigo. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Aragon, I mean, it was pretty great. Uh, so really great episodes and you, you go beyond sports. Uh, again, your pop culture knowledge full and well on display. Uh, but there's, it's a game show. You ask people questions about their lives. So remember that this is about your life. Um, and tie it in a nice, fun and conversation. So this is so fun. I think I'm flattered already that you've done this and I'm aghast. Did you, were you under the understanding that the man's name was pronounced Viggo Mortensen? Is that what we thought? I think so. I never really gave a whole lot of thought to it, to be honest. I, um, I had, I don't remember what it was, but it was a Lord of the Rings game for a Game Boy. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like, it, it folded and my cousin and I would play it all the time. And that was my, that was my understanding of him. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that was as far as I went. And so V, Ego. I had no idea, but I'm very excited to see Falling. Uh, you hyped it up very nicely in yes, your I interview did. with him. Yes, uh, I did. So looking forward to that. But <laughs> you did not know this. I'll be honest, Kyle. Kyle okay. is wearing uh, a Dak Prescott jersey. This I is am. four questions, not ten. Uh, I went four for obvious reasons, and you like lived up to that. Yeah, you, okay. you're already doing very well. So we will start. Again, no fancy sound effects. But Great. Uh, Kyle's Super Bowl 55 will be played this yeah. week, obviously. And there is a chance that it might rain. It has only ever rained. In one Super Bowl to date, what was that Super Bowl? What a great question. And um, I should mention, you, you do a great job offering people lifelines. I have a clue <laughs> ready for it. Well, no, I mean, you, you only get one usage of a clue. I've got it for every question just in case you might need. So of each question, you can decide okay. whether you want the clue or not. So you can take it here or you can wait. I don't need squat here, my friend. So you're doing the smart thing. When you play games like this, you, I do the same thing. The first question is always unbelievably easy. Sure. I asked Brett Favre, what's the name of the airport in Chicago? Oh, hair. Uh, the answer here is I remember it was raining because uh, it started off with a bang with uh, the great Devin Hester returning the opening kickoff against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, Cedric Benson, may he rest in peace, fumbled. And Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman, and Reggie Wayne. So I don't actually have the number for you, but it was the Colts-Bears Super Bowl in Miami, Florida. Tony Dungy versus Lovey Smith. I will take that answer. It was Super Bowl 41. Um, sorry, again, salt and wound because you're a Chicago guy. Okay. I know that. Uh, do you remember the halftime performer? You've already gotten the credit, but do you remember the halftime show? <sighs> I think, all right, 
So this was in that post Janet Jackson right. sterilization of the halftime show where it was all the people from our dad's generation. So I think it, it was either Springsteen or Petty or Paul McCartney. I guess it was a Paul McCartney or no, wait. no, 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 it was Prince. It was Prince in the yes. rain and the purple rain. And so I'll Ooh. give you a little bit of extra credit, but this leads me to what is because a lot of people think that this was it. What is the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time? I don't think it's this one, to be fair. Prince was really cool. Um, and, it, and it actually did rain. It was Purple Rain, which is divine intervention. The greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. You know, the one that I thought just blew me away. And I, who knows what the greatest is. The one when it was Britney and NSYNC and Aerosmith really worked for me. And when I say it worked for me, I mean Britney's attire. She wore football pants she had a typically Britney style crop top Aerosmith shirt and inexplicably she had a tube sock on her arm, which was so weird. And yet it was so hot. And here's why, you know, this is hot RJ, because that look was in January. She wore the thing. That thing was so iconic that nine months later in October, I remember women dressing up as the Britney Super Bowl costume with the tube sock on their arm. So listen, I know that there's been Prince and there's been Madonna and the, the weekend. Ain't none of them had the tube sock and had people dressing up for Halloween nine months later. I'm going to go with that. Maybe it was the most culturally significant. I can certainly buy that. For what it's worth, uh, NFL Network's Jane Slater is a friend of ours, too. She actually said that. She disagreed with me on Twitter. I think it's Bruno Mars in, in New York, New Jersey, whatever you want to call it. Um, shout out to Ted Mosby, of course. But uh, but that was awesome. I thought Bruno was such a great showman. And I do miss the the days where it was like a an event. You know, it doesn't no no disrespect to the weekend ahead of the game, but it doesn't it doesn't have that same flair to me anymore. I don't know if you agree with that. Well, I, I don't totally agree. I do like the halftime show, um, but I will I will give you this. I thought here's a, the, the Bruno performance has a huge blemish in which Bruno is killing it. He's playing drums and he's dancing. He's playing the hits and it couldn't be going better. And then they're like, wait, stop the show. We need the Chili Peppers to run <laughs> on stage and play Give It Away from 30 years ago. Inexplicably, it was so unnecessary, so gratuitous. And I also was like, I actually thought some people ran on stage like past security and they were going to need to be tackled. No, oh no, that's Anthony Kiedis and Flea. Uh, listen, I loved them when I was in sixth grade. We all did at some point. There was no need to have them as part of Bruno's masterpiece. Wow. Well, um, to be fair, I'm only attributing the credit to Bruno. So I'm not going to fault him for something that he was not technically a part that's of. True. But uh, either way, uh, a well done job by Bruno Mars. All right, you're one for one, Kyle. You again, you normally keep score on 10 questions. Yeah. You, Aaron Andrews and Aaron Rodgers, they're like, yeah, this was my score. Tyron Matthew, Paul Rudd, big time show, 10 questions. So there's no one to really compare this to, uh, but still be proud of your accomplishment <laughs> thus far. Uh, yeah. The second question I am a big fan of the challenge on MTV. You were on The Real World. A yeah. lot of people, I feel like, still don't know this, uh, but still kind of a, a cool unknown fact. Um, so I will ask you this, Kyle. That aired, you can correct me if I'm wrong, in 2002. Is that correct? Real World Chicago? Yeah, yeah that's okay. correct. So I verified this, the episode or rather the season of the challenge that aired in parallel with your real world season yeah. was the battle of the seasons that took place in Cabo San Lucas. Now, there were technically, uh, let's see here, two, four, six people that were accredited as winners for the battle of the seasons in Cabo San Lucas. I imagine you were watching a lot of MTV at the time because you were watching. RJ, your, your are you season. sure that it are you sure it wasn't battle of the sexes or was it, it battle? Seasons. It you was might... Battle of the Seasons, according to Wikipedia. Okay. All right. So, All right. 
I will accept any one of the six people who were winners of Battle of the Seasons. I thought giving you the location might help. By the way, I did not fully realize that Anissa was on your real world season. Oh, yeah. You know, still part of that. I was not into the real world then, but certainly into the challenge. Uh, But anyway, Anissa still part of this current season of the challenge, at least. But uh, so one of the six, your time starts now. There's no time limit. So really, that means. All right. I don't know it for a fact. So I will just go with you got to just go with the legends. Um, There's two. I'll give you that sub clue here. And you do have another unused clue, to be fair. No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Yeah, the big guy, the big guy who was on Road Rules. I think his name is Dan. No, his name is Mark. His name is Mark. I met him years ago. He was always really muscular and had like a blonde little like cool haircut and was really friendly. I think his name is Mark. I'm going to say either him or the guy Jamie from with the dark hair from Real World New Orleans. Was it either one of those? Mark Long was yeah. the was the host of the season. Uh, okay. So I'll give you a half a point. Um, there was, I don't even know who this is. Danny Roberts uh, was one of the winners. Danny I really... Roberts was from New Orleans season, right? And yeah. He was in an episode of Dawson's Creek. I know who mm-hmm. that guy is. He Look won? Well, oh, he was him. part of the winners. I thought you would okay. get this because the Miz was one of the winners oh, on this yeah. season. And so was Coral. Coral's a living <laughs> legend when it comes to. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to hang out with Coral back in the day too. And I know, I know the Miz a little bit. Um, but he's obviously gone into the stratosphere. See, here's what people forget on 10 questions and what I forgot here. It's never just a random stupid answer. There's always something that connects it to you. And I've had Miz on TV projects that I've done and he and I go back and forth. And see, I should have thought instead of just thinking of the best real world combatants, I should have thought me. But you're right. Okay, Coral, Miz, Danny. Was there another one or that's it? The other people who were listed, again, this is uh, pro Wikipedia, which is always super reliable. Elka Walker and Kelly Limp were the two that we had not mentioned yet. Don't know Elka and Kelly, but I'm sure that, you know, they did all the real world trappings and that's why they were there and good for them. You, uh, you've tweeted before. Again, I do a lot of research for these, Kyle. Not I'm as impressed. much as you do for 10 questions. You've said before you would do a challenge for $100,000. Uh, at one point, you said 200000 So, I mean, yeah. maybe if that check comes in, you know, add it to your TV responsibilities. But you mentioned it. The Miz, obviously, has taken off into the stratosphere. You've taken off into the stratosphere. I mean, yeah. you look back at your career, like, how cool is it? You were on the real world, and you were one of the seven strangers. And now, you know, good morning football, 10 questions, all this jazz. It's got to be pretty sweet. It's really sweet, man. I have no snark. I have no joke. It's really cool. You know, sometimes I get unbelievably flattered and someone will just send you a message uh, on social media, Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And they use this phrase that I've heard and they say, you have my dream job. And then they say, oh, you know, help me out. How can I do this? And sometimes I try to, but it's just awesome. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, I took a really weird path to get here you know, really weird. And, you know, soap operas and Jim Rome and the real world and college. And it was, there's no reason I should be here. Like I'm on a network run by the NFL that employs ex players like LaDainian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders, at least they used to Deion, Michael Irvin, Kurt Warner, like these are hall of famers. Like I'm not throwing the term on They're legends. Some of them icons, and then you, you turn on the TV six hours a day and it's me, you go, blah, 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 comparing the Dallas Cowboys to Long Island Ice Tees. That shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't work. But it does. People seem to like it. And my employers are very pleased. So it, listen, it's really cool, man. It, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but still the phrase seems to come out. I, I, it's, I feel blessed. It is really cool. I think um, 
I'm a big NFL network guy. I have been from the beginning. And right. I remember NFL HQ, NFL AM, and yeah. they were all great properties. But for you guys, and I know you've heard this a thousand times, you guys just have something and, and you, you all bring something very special and something unique. Uh, it truly does feel like the group you want to wake up with and enjoy your day with. There is this sense of like, oh, great. What are they going to say after the Super Bowl or whatever the case yeah. may be? Uh, there's no bits that like get stale. Um, and I will say, like, to be honest, I've always found it interesting that so many players are so honest about that. I, I can't think of a show, uh, maybe Sports Nation back in the day uh, yeah. with with Beetle and Coward, but that so many players are like, man, we, we've got it on in the training room or whatever. Like, it really is something that you guys have captured really well. Thanks. And I, I'm with you, man. You know, one of the promos that we had, the, the Net Network put together, just players on the practice field, Devonta Adams, I think it was um, uh, Zach Ertz, uh, Juju, on and on, people just saying, we love that show. We wake up with Nate and Kyle and Kay and Strags and... The fact is, is because they're NFL facilities on this TVs that are all over the facility have NFL network on often. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Aaron Rodgers has told us like, you know, we watch the show all the time, uh, literally every day we watch the show and we love it. So it's really cool, man. Like I, for some reason they, they put us for the wacky a-holes together and people seem to like it. <laughs> I don't know how and it, it works and we get to be on the East coast. And so we don't have to wake up at one in the morning. And um, I don't know, we, we really respect each other. And so that's how it works. Right on. Well, so you are one for two. Sorry. Yeah. You, uh, you missed okay. the perfect game. It's all good. Hey, people miss questions. Uh, next one is the most NFL centered one. Um, kind of a uh, bit of a spoiler okay. there. Again, if anybody's watching on the blog on the boys, YouTube channel, Kyle's appropriately dressed for this question. This is a bit of a clue, not your actual clue, but take it as a, as a free gift. Uh, okay. so Kyle in a tweet in September of 2019, uh -huh. you were responding to Blake Shelton. Uh, Blake himself was commending and complimenting good morning football, et cetera. And so you, you know, cause you're a nice guy. You responded to Blake and you said, Blake, we can do it all day. I think we do a segment called old red about the Arizona Cardinals. And I have a, should the Cowboys pay their QB segment for a friend of yours called what? I have a really good memory for movie <laughs> lines, for dialogue, for statistics. You just pulled the tweet from 17 months ago in the segment that I recommended to Blake Shelton and his like 30 million followers was in reference to Gwen Stefani's holla back girl. And I described it as holla dack girl or was it? No, it was dollar dack. He got it. Dollar dack yeah. girl. It's right. Well done. Holla dack. It was dollar for the money and dack holla back dollar dack. That was pretty good wordplay. Yeah, this is bananas too, Kyle. I mean, well done. <laughs> um, so that was inspired by your, I do just like everybody else enjoy the finish, the lyric, finish the line, et cetera. Um, it's become a little bit more popular, but you were on the Dak bandwagon before most. And we know that at Blogging the Boys, so we recognize you as an OG. What is it about this that is so captivating and annoying and ridiculous and amazing and stupefying after Dak got hurt i thought you nailed it really well you referred to him as, as i think it was the prince or the crown prince something like that of the nfl um in that when he got hurt it's this thing that's that's felt by the entire league and so obviously who he is in the position he holds is really recognizable but this issue of him getting paid in fact we're recording right after carson palmer uh, did an interview in dallas yeah. and said uh yeah he should take less money because he's the quarterback of the cowboys which is dumb, but what is it? Like, what is it about this player, this whole situation, this saga that makes it what it is? Yeah, I think when he got hurt, it, it, you know, it felt a little bit to me like I remember when um, 
years ago, Derek Jeter was sliding into third and the catcher was covering third and went and blocked the base and Jeter messed up his shoulder and like Jeter's lip, hanging his arm walking off and it sucks. I don't care if you hate the Yankees. The Yankee shortstop is a big deal. At least it was growing up for a long time. And, and I, I still believe in the Cowboys quarterback being a big deal. I do. I really do. And there was something that struck differently in me seeing him get injured than maybe another team's quarterback, as harsh as that may be. I was like, oh, man, Dak. Plus, the, you know, just Dak's such a good person and mm-hmm. just uh, the upbringing. I, you root for Dak. He's the, he's the dude in a lot of ways. And so it's compelling in that regard. And listen, I know what you're talking about with the Carson Palmer thing. And I saw one quote and everybody's teeing off on it. And Martellus Bennett was really pissed right. off. Another ex-cowboy. I would love to see the full context because we've talked about this ad nauseum. Mm. There are advantages for being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback that you don't get from being other teams. That's probably where he's going in that taking $2 million less to be the Cowboys quarterback, you will make that money tenfold being the Cowboys quarterback because of this. I always say it this way. Um, Dak is in all kinds of commercials for which he's really well paid and God bless him. Do you think Dak Prescott would be in those commercials if he was the quarterback of the Broncos or the Seahawks or the chart? He wouldn't. And I would say this, uh, Philip Rivers has been a charismatic, uh, likable, hateable quarterback and winner for the last 15 years. Can you think of one national commercial he's ever been in? No, absolutely not. Matt Stafford, really great player. Everybody likes him. I could give a million examples of quarterbacks who are really good, who don't get those. And Dak does. And God bless him again, because he's the Cowboys quarterback. Um, the biggest example of all is that look at the guys in the booth. Troy, Tony, Witten walks off the field because he had a star in his helmet. They're like, Jason, do you want any Monday Night Football? You don't have any idea what you're doing or how to speak on TV, but screw it. Get in there because we watched you in the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. If Dak is a cowboy for life, even at a bargain, he's set for life. And if that's so I think there is an advantage in that. I don't care. I hope he makes as much money as he can. But if he runs to who the hell knows, he runs to some small market team and he's on the Jaguars somehow, or he's even in Miami, he's in Minnesota. Like it's not going to be the same from 40 to 90. All right. Mm -hmm. When he's done, I do think there's merit in that. And I don't care if Carson Palmer is getting lit up. I think he's probably onto something. I don't don't think anybody would in full honesty say there's no truth to it uh, because you're right. I think Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford are great examples. Rivers is most famous, like in a pop culture sense for the bolo tie. Like it took something extremely eccentric for him to reach that point of relevancy. And to the Matthew Stafford point, his most like notable pop culture accomplishment is being friends with Clayton Kershaw, uh, who who plays in a big market to that yeah. point, like the Cowboys of, of Major League Baseball outside of the Yankees, of course. That's true. Um, I think, though, I, I guess pe- that's that's where I, th- I find this so fascinating in that it feels like at least in a Twitter sense, so many people have gravitated towards like you're either team Dak or team Cowboys, right? Like your team player or team, you know, corporate yeah. billionaire, whatever. And so people I think can acknowledge what you're saying. Cause there is truth to it and say, well, so what? Like that isn't, that doesn't give the Cowboys a pass. Like, and maybe it would have given them a pass two years ago if they had extended him when he was initially eligible for that, but they've sort of bottled this uh, to the point that now it's, and to the point that, you know, Carson Wentz, the day that we're talking is being floated out as, as a trade possibility. Jared Goff already got traded as along with Matthew Stafford. And so I think people are now just like fed up and pissed off to the point of, okay, just pay him because you have screwed him. And, and we want to see that even out. You know what I mean? I know. And listen, I, the Zeke contract's the worst thing I've ever seen. I loathe it. I, I absolutely hate it. And it's, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it hurts. It's gonna hurt. And they blinked. They right. blinked. I think that, I think that Jerry at Al said, 
we got to have Zeke here. We're going to start the season without the star, the superstar, the jersey seller. And they, they said, all right, how much do you want? And they paid him, and I don't think he's looked the same since. And sure, there's reasons for that, and mm-hmm. there's Zeke apologists. Fine. That's a big contract for a running back, man, who doesn't – even he, he appears pretty, pretty good. He doesn't look special. Like, the Dak contract, fine. The Zeke one is tough, man, really tough. And I, I think that they are, if they don't already, they will regret it. Yeah, and I think that that adds to the frustration too, right? Like you blinked for all these other guys. You weren't, you're not, if, if there's one yeah. person to blink for. Blink for Dak. Right, exactly. Right. Um, that's the new campaign, blink for Dak. All right, Kyle, last question here. <laughs> you right. are two of three. Um, either way, even if you get it wrong, you will set the blog of the boys SB Nation record for most RJ, questions. don't patronize <laughs> me. I want the three out of four, damn it. Let's all go. Right. So I have said that there are notable years in NFL history and really world history. But with regards to the end, this is kind of both. Uh, But 2006, kind of a slept on year with, you know, regard to the NFL. The first year of Roger Goodell being the commissioner of the NFL. The first year of the Sunday Night Football Package being on NBC. The first year that Tony Romo becomes the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. The year that Employee of the Month is released. A great movie that is, you know, kind of slept on as well. I know. I I love that movie. But uh, (laughs) 2006 was also the year, again, remember, you have not used your clue, and all of these questions pertain to your life. 2006, the year that something important, a corporate foundation, was founded. You see, there's so many style points or flex points, whatever you want to call it, in not using the clue. And I get people like that on 10 questions. On the other hand, the smart ones, they're like, no, screw it. Use it right away. Like Aaron Rodgers used it on the first question. Say, I want to get a good score. So 2006, there was a new organization founded in 06. I would call um, it a corporation, a company. You could get kind of loose with this. Um, a, a conglomerate, if you will. Give me the clue. Give me the clue. I'll, I'll use the clue. I want the, the clue, clue is in a bit, a bit of an assumption. And I hope that, honestly, kind of hope this is uh, the first guy, the one who wants to be a millionaire. You're like, yeah, I'm going to call my dad and tell him about to win the million dollars or whatever. But yeah, I want to so, tell him that, uh, that, hold on, that Richard Nixon was on laughing. <laughs> right. Wow. Laughing. Well done. I wish that Thank was you. the question. Uh, so, again, this clue is a bit of an assumption but I'm going to assume that it is an app that is among the most used apps on your phone. And again, this pertains to your life. Uh, well, is that, is 2006 when the Pornhub app? No, uh, I mean, is that, um, I del- I, that one's on my, my secret apps. Yeah. I would say that in 2006, there's a brilliant company that started, is it called Spotify? It is three yeah. for four. Kyle Brandt with the world record on four questions with Kyle Brandt. Spotify, the home for 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. I mentioned it already. Uh, and this isn't just like, hey, let's praise the guest that's on. It really is different. And I think it's different in the way that Good Morning Football is different. Where did the idea come from to let's do a game show? Because I think it is clever. And, and it takes a lot of research and studying to find these questions. Believe me, I know, having done it for a notable guest here. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort to tie in things really in an interesting way. I thought Vigo was a great example of that. Thanks, man. The inspiration came from everybody has a podcast. <laughs> everybody there's there's nothing worse on twitter that when someone tweets and listen I'm, I'm no different they'll tweet those little red siren emojis and they'll be like new pod alert big things coming and it's like <laughs> maybe but oh my god there's a lot of podcasts so i said if i'm gonna do that i don't know if mine is gonna be better or worse but i have to do something different and i've been around enough athlete interviews over the years from nfl network and from rome to know that if you inject just a little competition to an athlete or an actor, the stakes go way up, way up. Like when Favre came on, 
I'm not sure he knew what he was getting into. I'm not sure he even knew what planet he was on that morning. But the second you can see it, RJ, they're sitting there and they're ready for the questions. And then when you say, and you know, on this show, we keep score and we compete against past opponents. They kind of sit upright and they're kind of, and they start texting their rep, like, what the hell did you get me into? And, and you have their attention. And um, that's all you need to do is say, well, McConaughey, I know you've done 50 million interviews about your new book, but have you ever competed against Tim Robbins and Kirk Cousins? No, let's see what you do. And then they want it. They want the score. They want to do well. And the secret is sometimes they get so distracted in what the trivia question is that their guard is down when they answer the real substantive stuff that comes after it. And they tend to be more forthright. So it's different. It's fun. Edge of your seat stuff. As this has been with four questions with you, RJ. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins was a great example of that. I've, I've, I tell people all the time, I think Kirk is is really underrated as a quarterback, but also in his understanding of the media, had a podcast himself uh, before he got like, you know, he went corporate and like partnered yeah, with sure. the actual Vikings to do it. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a great like the question is this like, I don't say an icebreaker, but is this great sort of like the plastic film on your iPhone? And then it's like, OK, now let's play. Now let's talk. And like, right. oh, that's cool. You know, you had Scott Stapps, you know, you looked it up or whatever, like uh, cool stuff. Well, Kyle, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us here at BTB and SB Nation. Who wins this weekend? I mean, I didn't even ask you that because that's I here, keep flip-flopping. Well, you, I, I, I'm curious ahead, if yeah. you agree here. I hate the the radio row when you ask every person who's going to win. Because, like, you can't ask that question every single time. No, you know what I mean? It's annoying. And what's your final score? I, I don't know. 31-27. <laughs> it's all, No one right. ever says, like, 52-10 to 10 or 13-9. It's always, like, 30-something to 20-something. It, it's always, like, a four-point, six-point. It's so, so tedious. And I, honestly, I, I flip-flopped, like, 20 times between the Bucks. And the Chiefs, that's my new thing this year. It just every person who asks me, I give a different answer, and I'm going to get so grilled for it, and they lose. Right now, today, Thursday afternoon as we're taping this, I say the Chiefs. Mahomes doesn't lose games. I mean, mm. Brady gets a lot of Super Bowls. He also loses games. Mahomes pretty much doesn't ever lose a football game. So I will go with the Chiefs today. Um, and you notice, you use the phrase as you were wrapping up there, this has been a lot of fun, Kyle. A lot of shows end by saying – this has been a lot of fun. It's often not fun, let alone a lot of fun. RJ, this was a lot of fun. Well-researched, well-executed. Really flattered all the time that you put in this and how much you obviously have listened to 10 questions. So thank you so much, dude. Of course, Kyle. Appreciate it. Uh, again, I'll try to maybe like a GoFundMe, 100K, because I think you should be on the challenge at this point. Um, it's like the only thing missing. You're, you're, know. you know, you are Thanos without the final Infinity Stone type <laughs> thing. I, Don't forget, it's 100K plus first class travel. That that's a very important part. Good point. And we'll put you in Cabo San Lucas too. You don't got to go too far. Oh, we man. don't need you in like Kazakhstan or no, whatever. Something super I'm far. Good. I'll do that one remotely. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much. Everybody watch Good Morning Football. 10 questions with Kyle Brown on Spotify. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Anytime, Arja. 